God is good. If I cannot see you, that means I probably cannot see me either. Uh, I love to see your faces. What I've been doing the last couple of weeks, uh, this is the third week, was that some of the things God has been really, um, God has really touched me through my trip to Korea and Thailand for about three weeks. I've been sort of sharing some of those a little bit here and there and sort of putting it together. And I believe God, what God is uh, sharing, what God has shown me was something that God is speaking to our church as well. And actually, this message today is something that I've been thinking and praying about probably for six years. Six years. Doesn't mean it is great or it's good, but it just means something I've been thinking about, praying about for six years. Okay. Give thanks to the Lord. This is uh, November, the month. I often think about November as a month to remember and give thanks. Now, yesterday I was... I went to New Jersey for uh, my, nep- my niece's, my, oh no, 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 not my, not my niece, what is this? Uh, my, my nephew's daughter, what is, what is she, what is that? My great niece's 100-day celebration. On the way back, I asked my wife, if I were to ask one thing you are thankful for this year, what would that be? What are you thankful for? I asked her. We talked about things. She, she thought about it. You know, God has been, there's nothing particularly, I'm, thank, I'm thankful for everything. There's nothing really particularly thankful for. God has been always been good. I, I thought about it a little bit. And, and what are you thankful for? Um, what are you thankful for? Uh, the number of things I'm thankful for. First of all, I'm thankful for three Daniels. Three Daniels. But, you know, we had uh, that... Uh, Fall Carnival, uh, a couple of, about a week and a half ago, and actually three Daniels made it work. Daniel Ra, Daniel Huang, Tapu, and Daniel Kim. Three Daniels, and they made it work. They work like crazy to make it work, and I'm so grateful. I don't know how we could have done without them. They made things work. I'm grateful for many like him and others in our church who make things work. I'm always mindful that whenever I come to church, there is a sign, that, that flag, whole flag out there. Somebody went out there every Sunday, put it out there early on. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for those who, every Sunday when I walk in, there's somebody who put all these chairs up there. And, and, after, and after we will help together to put it back up, but somebody set everything up for us to come and worship. I'm grateful for many who have, in, in the unseen, quiet ways, who make things possible for us to honor God. I'm grateful. There are many things I'm grateful for. I'm, I'm grateful for my wife because she's just amazing. A okay. couple of things. Just, just quickly, I want to go with a couple of things. Bible says, enter his gates, God's gates, through thanksgiving. And his call to praise. Give thanks. Giving thanks is the way we Enter God's presence. Not with complaining, but with, with thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. When we give thanks, we are acknowledging that God is good. His loving kindness, mercy endures forever and ever. That's what thanksgiving, that giving thanks does. 
And also about what God says, it is good that we give thanks to the Lord. It is not, not only is it right, but it's also good that we give thanks to our God. He is, and declare his loving kindness is amazing. It's good for our soul, our lives that we give thanks to God. Not only that, Word of God says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you know, uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, all things give thanks. For this is, a, is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will that we give thanks. And, 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 and I just, not because it's thanks uh, November, but I want to remind us we enter into God's presence with thanksgiving. In light of that, I thought about things that what I'm grateful for. And, and what I, I want to talk about today, a uh, few, uh, the, the thing that moved me most in my trip to Korea and Thailand and reminded me something that I haven't done for, for a long time. Although I'm a Korean and I've been working with Korean Americans in an English ministry, one of the things that I'll be very honest with you, didn't have a lot of appreciation for Korean things. I really didn't. And even for faith in God, I didn't, uh, didn't always attribute to Korean Christian heritage. But I came to know Christ in college days. My spiritual mentors were people on the radio, Chuck Smith, uh, Chuck Swindle, and many others. And some I really have not had a lot of appreciation for Korean Christian heritage. I didn't. And I ne really never had desire to do missions in Korea either. Never did. Never really had desires to pray for North Korea until recently when some of our people have been asking about that. So I've been, I've been, I'll be very honest with you. I've been like that. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm sort of repenting. But I'm, in my trip to Thailand and Korea, the things I've seen in Thailand broke my heart. What I saw when God was doing, God was doing when you were being part of the Georgia revival in in, North, in Korea was, I was just amazed what God was doing. The thing that moved me was, when I, when I went to Korea, was that, um, that we visited a place. My wife and I and Anne, we took time to visit half a day in this uh, uh, foreign missionary cemetery in Seoul, a place called Yanghwajin. And, 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 and this is sort of the entrance with the older map and everything. And, and there, there are apparently 145 missionaries and families buried in that place. Foreign missionaries from seven nations. South Africa, USA, Canada, and Japan, Australia, and Sweden, and England. Seven nations. And, and I, I went, and, and, and after a while, my wife and Anne was tired. They sat down. I went around looking for all over the place. This thing stirred my heart. They have, or you know, these are little babies, missionaries, missionaries, little babies who died in Korea. Some of them actually died, died the day they were born. And there are, there are many, many graves, not only missionaries, there are families who died in Korea. And, and so I, as I went through, number of, a uh, uh, number of graves really stirred me. And I began to do a little bit of research. But I'm, I'm going to end up with some, somebody that I've been thinking about for six years. About six years ago on my sabbatical, I wrote a blog called Thinking of Ruby. People thought I was having an affair or something. 
So they, they, they looked, and I was writing about a, a, a young 24-year-old missionary to Korea who died at 24 years old. Her name was Ruby Rachel Kendrick. She's been in Korea only nine months, just barely learning Korean. Before she couldn't do any effective ministry, she died in Korea. Anyhow, okay. Now, let me just share a few, uh, few people that I, I the, uh, the cemetery and, and the great memory stone that I saw that really stirred me. One was John W. Heron, medical doctor, missionary. This is his face. This is the person. He was born in 1856 in England. Moved to States, 1882, with his father, who is a congregational minister. And in 1885, he moved out to Korea as a medical doctor, served there five years, and died as a, died with a dysteria. He's helping it, people, patients who are suffering from dysteria while working with them. He got dysteria and died. He, he's not even 34 years old. He's 30, oh yeah, 34 years old, barely 34 years old. Been in Korea five years. I read about him, and, and I found out that he was an amazing student. Went to Tennessee University, the medical school. He gradu- graduated with highest honor ever. He did a couple of years more years of training. He spent a year in New York, NYU, hosp- the uh, ho- hospital and, and the school, NYU Medical Center, to get more experience. And when he was done in about a year, he got high honor, and he was offered a job as a professor in Tennessee University, but he chose to go out as a missionary to Korea from Presbyterian Church of USA, Peace USA, as a Presbyterian minister went out. He became the, um, the doctor uh, uh, for the king in Korea, the last king in Korea. And he got to work in you know, that hospital they built. And in his lifetime, in four or five years in Korea, he cured over 40,000 patients. And he was, ama- he was an amazing man, 34 years old. He came out when he was 29, and not quite 29, and served five years in Korea, died with hysteria. And, and, um, and, and, and somebody, somebody said, some journal that I found, this Chinese record journal of a missionaries that I found, they talked about, you know, the comment was, so who can say that his life has been incomplete? They did the work God has for, he did the work God has for him to do. His achievements were brilliant. And his memories are full of fragrance. And, and one of the things, because he was a doctor and not really a missionary, and he did a lot of missions work as well, he told one of the missionaries, uh, Ellen Underwood, Underwood, my work is very insignificant, but I did it all for God. Young man, 34 years old, he gave his life and died in Korea as a missionary. He, could, he had created the highest honors. He had offered, a, you, know, you know, he could have done well in the States, but he chose to go out there. I'm going to skip this person. You can read about him. I, I love this because I, I'll just stop for a second, okay? I love what it says. It says he is a, a, a missionary, but he call, they called him a friend of Korea. 
And somebody, they made a little uh, uh, stone, for a memorial stone saying, he's a person who loved Korea more than Koreans did. He went out as a, a missionary and, and taught English or not, and he learned Korean in three years, able to write and publish things in Korean. He became a champion of Korea. He lived a lot, many, many years. But when Japanese took over Korea, he got kicked out of Korea. But he been, was in the States fighting for the freedom of Koreans and all that and, and all the things he has done. But when he was 86 years old, came back to Korea in the early days of Korean, uh, New Korea. And he died there in Korea after being there one week. And he was buried in Korea. He, he, uh, uh, and I think... Uh, uh, he wrote, uh, he'd rather be buried in Korea than Westminster Abbey. Anyway, this is the person I want to talk about, Ruby Kendrick. Beautiful young woman. Born in 1883, and, and, uh, and when she graduated high school, she wanted to be a missionary to Korea. Went out to mission board, they said, you are too young, you need to get more training. So she went and studied two-year college, I think Scarlet uh, Bible College, and she studied two years, and, and she did more training for a couple more years, and, and by 18, 1907, she came out to Korea. She was learning the language, young woman, learning the language, but within nine months after she is being there in Korea, as a missionary, uh, she had acute appendicitis. He was moved to Seoul uh, to be treated, but she died there. And and she, in, in the you know right before she died, she and she, when she was in the hospital before she died, she wrote a letter to mom, and that letter became very famous. And in the letter, one of the things she said was, "If I had if I had thousand lives to live." To give, Korea should have them all. Young woman, young woman, 24, she goes out to Korea, dies at 25. Gave her life to God. I thought about it. What would made these young men and women come out to a strange land called Korea, hermit, hermit land? And they gave their lives. And you see the fruit they're born all over the world where many, many Koreans came to Christ. Stirred my heart. I remember when I first, when I first heard about her, I heard about her in 2013 on my sabbatical. Some of the things I thought, you know, and I, I read about her and 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 and, and I saw her letter written in Korean to a mom, and I, I translated into English. And actually, when I was Googling search about uh, Ruby Kendrick, my translation of her letter was out there. Somebody was quoting me with the past Q sign on it. Hey, I'm famous. Anyway. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was really, I remember when I read about it, I couldn't sleep that night. thought about this young man and woman who gave their heart, lives to Koreas so many years ago, whose fruit is seen all over the world, including in Thailand. I couldn't say, I was just thinking about God's heart for the nations. 
and those who have said yes to partner with his heart. It is not a coincidence. I wanted to share this today because next Sunday, one of our own, Sue and Krishna, will be here with their children. And they decided themselves to give, you know, and more than the things in this comfortable life in the States, they wanted to follow God and they decided to drop everything, be trained and be equipped to go to a nation, Thailand, where they lost their child in their mission trip. And that's when they gave their heart to go to the nation. And, he, and he'll be sharing his heart or not with us. And, and we are, we are, we are uh, supporting him. We are believing what God is doing through him. But I'm grateful for many who have done it because gospel always come through that way. No matter who, where, anywhere, gospel always come through somebody sacrificing. I remember when I went to my first mission conference in 1981, and I was so moved by two women missionaries, I'm, I'm, I'm three women mission, I mean, two women missionary speakers, and one of them was Marilyn Lazlo, who, as a young woman, went out as, as a teacher, uh, prepared everything, got ready to went out to a Papua New Guinea, to a little village of 800 people, their own language, spent 17 years learning their language. Never married, learning the language and, and turning the language into written language, taught the language, translated the Bible into the language, and shared the gospel. Age 17 years. As well as uh, um, the other, other speakers. Now, I remember wherever gospel went, somebody gave their hearts and time and energy, even their lives. This has been true all over the world. All over the world, and and it's stirring with the stir in my heart, because when I think about it, when I think about things, you know, these days one of the things we uh, talk about in the states is many how many Christians are bought into this prosperity gospel. If I believe God, God will give me everything I need. If I believe in God, God will give me peace. God will give me joy. God will bless me. God will give me everything I want. And, and, and this, which is not totally wrong, but is missing the truth, the overall truth. That, that is that, that God's desire is more than giving us things in this life. We don't believe in God so that we can get things out of God. We believe in God because he is a rightful God. He deserves honor and glory. And we follow his ways because his ways are the best way. His ways are true. His ways is a way of life. There's no other way. We serve him because that's the best thing in this life. It's best for me, best for the world, and best in the sense of his ways are always the best, the perfect way. And, and in light of all this, when I, hear, when I think about how gospel goes out, I'm reminded the essence of the gospel. See, today's text, John chapter 12, verse 24, the context is verse 23. Jesus says, answered to the people saying, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. When Jesus said this, you know what he's saying? The hour had come. Until now, Jesus has been saying, my time is not yet. First time Jesus is now saying, my hour had come. 
What, what is that hour? He said, my, the Son of Man will be glorified. What does it mean glorified? That he will die and he'll be, he'll be, die and put, he'll be, he'll be crucified. He'll be, he'll die and, and he'll be put into grave. He'll be resurrected. That time had come. He knew his time to suffer and die had come. In light of that, Jesus says in the next verse, and I'm sorry. My slides are in all different order. Let me go back. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus says, the hour had come for the Son of Man to be glorified, for him to die and die for the sake of the world. In light of the Jesus says, unless the grain of wheat falls and dies in the ground, it stays as it is. But if he dies, it will bear much fruit. He's talking about himself. He is the grain of wheat that will fall to the ground and die. So that out of that, the resurrection, the glory, the fruit will come forth. And Jesus said, he who loves his life loses it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. Jesus continues now teaching people the truth. You see, when you hold on to this life, to be comfortable things in this life, you end up losing it. If you really uh, give it up for God, if you die to this world, you will, you will keep it for eternal. Goes on to say, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where, uh, where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. See, this was what was quoted about Ruby Kendrick. The young woman, she's barely 24, 25. She has not done anything. She went out to a strange land, barely learning any, any, any language for nine months. She died without doing anything significant. What good did she do? Did do? But God honored what she has done. She did it because she loved God. She believed in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. When she did that, the God is honored. It's just like Jesus saw a poor widow giving two pennies. Jesus said she has given more than all the others. Remember, Jesus remembers. It's not how much you have done for God, the fact that she did it for God. Let me go back to her. Those are my pictures. I thought I, thought I did it pretty good. And so one of the, the, when, when she wrote the letter to her mom, and, 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 and if you go to whole page Facebook group uh, page, I put a hole in uh, the, 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 what do you call, um, the article that I wrote about her. You can find it in there. You can see more in there. And, and in, the, in the letter she says, in the, in the letter she wrote to mom, her mom and dad says, you know, mom, the, the seed I planted last year before I left, would be now growing a lot, of, a lot of fruit and things. And she wrote saying, 
I will, uh, the seeds that were sown in the backyard before I came out here must be filling our neighborhood with flowers. Other seeds grow many flowers in the land of Joseon, Korea. And there will be seeds to other nations. I will bury my heart in this land. I realize that this passion for Joseon that I have is not mine, but God's passion toward Joseon. Mom, Dad, I love you. This is the last thing she wrote. And, and the, the letter she wrote reached Texas in, I think, next month. And on, on the time when they were having the Missionary Missions Conference, it arrived there and they read the letter. Very next day, they also got a telegram saying she died. They got the news that she died. And there, uh, over 20 young men and women committed their lives to missions. Out of that, about four of them came to Korea as missionaries. Was her life a waste? No. She did it because she loved God. That's the gospel, isn't it? The gospel is, Jesus said, even the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, did not come to be served, but to serve and gave his life as a ransom for many. This is what he, Jesus came to do. But, you know, and we know the gospel. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, so whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This has been the message, the truth that God has been giving to the whole world. And people like Ruby Kendrick or the, uh, Dr. Heron, they lived it out with their life. For gospel to go forth, somebody has to pay the price. Somebody has to pay the price. You know, and why is this important? Because I mean, I'm giving thanks for many who have done this thing. But it also reminds me what my life is ought to be. My life is to be a source of blessing to the world. My life as a child of God should be a letter for people to see and hear the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you remember, we have three-step strategy in our church. I, 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 don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody remembers three I words. Remember three I words? Does anybody remember? If you remember it, I'll buy you steak dinner. Maybe not steak dinner, but good salad, okay? If you're vegan, okay? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, good. But it's, no, no, it's a, order is oh, yeah, perfect. Yes, but the order is a little wrong, but it begins with intercede, begin to pray. Intercede, you're right. Keep a hand. Begin with interceding. And then you begin to invest, you put your time and energy into the lives of the people around you that you begin to pray for. And then you invite, not necessarily the church, but invite them to meet and come and meet God. And that's, for that to happen, somebody has to pay the price. Somebody has to pray. Somebody has to invest their time and energy to go and share the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not only going out in the street, passing out the tracks. It's about, at my work, wherever I am, I am interceding, investing my time and energy 
the gospel go forth. Amen? By, by this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Amen? You see, uh, missionaries like uh, uh, Dr. Heron, God manifests his love for the land of Korea by sending him into the nation that they may live. This happened in China. This happened in any other nation when the gospel went. Somebody paid the price. Somebody brought the good news with the time and energy in, included in it. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless the grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now, I found uh, uh, this... Uh, now look what Jesus says. Jesus says, he who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life, life eternal. One of the news that I've been really been stirred, and this stirred me this whole week was this. Francis Chan. I don't know if you read, he apparently... Uh, spoke to, uh, I think, Azusa Pacific uh, University, where, where, where he'd been giving chapel for the last 20 years. He told them that he is moving to a Asia to, missionary, to, to be missionaries in Asia, moving to Hong Kong. So actually, I called Anna and Michael. I asked them. And, and, and because in his, in his uh, message, he says, he was, a few months ago, he was traveling in Myanmar. He was with Michael. And, and, and his friends, and Yosono and others, in Myanmar, and there we translated, he was sharing the gospel, going to house, house, hut to hut, house to house, sharing the gospel, see how they accepted and believed in Christ, how they are baptized. He said, wow, what, what, what can compare with what's happening here? He saw people's hunger for God there. He said, when, he said, he said I don't see that often in the States at all. I want to go where God's moving, and he has decided to move. So I, I talked to Anna and Michael about this. Yes, he was there, and, and, and some places misquote. He's not moving to Myanmar. He's moving to Hong Kong. He's been thinking about it for a while. Out of the hill, he'll be doing missions work and to other places. He has heart for Myanmar as well. Why? You know, he, he, was, he, he, he started a church with about 30 people, became a mega church, cornerstone church. When it's a mega big church, he quit. And, 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 you know, and he resigned and began to uh, do ministry and began to do church planting in the, in the, in the San Francisco and all those things. And he, and he, rather than big things, he said, I want to be where God wants me to be. And this, this news shocked me. You know, and he has grandkids too. I don't know how old he is, but he is getting old enough. You know, where you are thinking to be comfortable. I want, I want to... Be and do what God wants me to do. He's living out the gospel. You see, Jesus says, in the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is, destroys that life. If you let it go reckless in your love, I think Asbury should have, Corey Asbury should have used this verse for the reckless love. 
you'll have it forever, real and eternal. Some people might think, actually I was doing a little research, a little um, uh, uh, Google search on uh, what is Francis Chen's living statement. Some Christian group blasted him and called him all kind of things and, and criticized him. But, you know, and some people may say, isn't that reckless? No. He is following the gospel as God, he, he sends God is leading him. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. This is a gospel, isn't it? This is a gospel. So, um, I'm thankful, especially for those who have followed the gospel, lived out the gospel, shared the gospel, the many who, so that we can find life in God, and those who have followed God and given their times and energy for that. The many things I'm thankful for, I thank God for my wife and the family and all that, but I'm thankful, especially in this season, who has given their lives to obey God and follow God, to be the blessing they are called to be, to bring good news to the ends of the earth. I remember when I was in Thailand, when I was reading about uh, 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 Ruby Kendrick, Pastor, jo- Pastor Ron, she was with me, and she was sharing a message, and in that he said, die for Christ, that is glorious thing, but I say, live for Christ, that is even harder. Dying for Christ is glorious, but living for Christ is more glorious. Living for Christ is even harder than dying once for God. Our call through the gospel is live for Christ. We are called, we are called to be the grain of wheat that dies. That we may be we may experience the resurrection. We may experience the blessings that we are called to be. Because the God's, God's promise always been starting from Abraham was, when he obeyed, he said, God said, you, I'll make you source of blessing. Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Jesus said that you will become a blessing. More than blessed, but you will be blessing to the ends of the earth. Amen? I don't know what you're thankful for this season. I'm thankful for those, especially those who obey God and follow God and give their life and energy for God's kingdom and glory. Unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Unless a grain of wheat dies. Unless a grain of wheat dies. Unless a grain of wheat dies. I give thanks. While giving thanks, my heart is a little, my heart is really stirred. Not only that, I feel convicted. I feel really convicted. Somehow, I think in the, somehow, it's so normal for many of us as Christians, those who follow Christ. We are too comfortable 
to invest our time and energy, to uh, uh, love people as God wants us to love people and share God's love. We are so afraid of offending people. We're so afraid of making people uncomfortable. We don't get to share the life-changing invitation, the good news about Lord Jesus Christ. When gospel is a power unto salvation to those who believe. If you were to, uh, if you were to say, uh, I think we maybe somewhere we have to, I don't know, maybe put it into writing somewhere. The requirement, the base, one of the basic step of Christian life is share God's grace and mercy, gospel to people. Somehow, we don't do this. We, want, we let somebody else do it. Maybe pastors do it. Other leaders do it. We don't think it's something that we need to live out and share with anyone else with. I mean, of course, you know, Pastor Mimi shared I mean, quite a while, uh, some time ago saying, you know, quoting, uh, I believe, um, St. Francis of Assisi. Share the gospel. If necessary, speak the God, the word. Sharing gospel is not only speaking, living it out, yes, but we do need to share, speak it out as well. We are called because without it, your brother and sister cannot come to know Christ. Without your co-workers cannot, cannot find life that is in Christ. Without it, your enemies cannot find life in Christ. Unless a grain of it dies. Let's all stand. Let's sing a chorus together. Before we do that, let me, let me pray for all of us. God, I'm so thankful and grateful for many who have given their lives to see your truth, your gospel go forth. I thank you for Ruby Kendrick. I thank you for Dr. John Heron. I thank you for missionary Homer Hulbert and many others who went out to Korea in their young age, gave their lives so that People in Korea come to know Christ. This happened all over the world. God, I'll give you thanks for many who have taken time and courage to go and share your love. Even pour out their lives like Lana in Thailand, God. Going out to land that she does not know to rescue those little ones who are being tra trafficked. And Father God, I thank you for many who have done this. These are our legacy. These are who we are called to be. Unless a grain of it dies, it remains alone, God. I give you thanks for those that have given their lives for your good news, your gospel, God. But I also ask that you restore hearts and minds, remind us who we are, that you have called us, you have saved us to be a rescuer. You have saved us to be a blessing to the whole world. We love you, oh God. We give you glory, oh God. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray.